This is episode 19 with Jonathan Mead on How to Uncage a Human, Part 2, on Ancestral Health Radio. Learn to align your genetic makeup for peak health, fitness, and longevity with actionable how-to advice from today's leaders in nutrition, movement, and lifestyle. Join me, your host, James Kevin Broderick, as we bridge the divide between modern technology and our inherent ancestral wisdom. Let's take a walk on the wild side. Hey tribe, welcome back to part two of How to Uncage a Human with Jonathan Mead. I'm going to try to do a little something different with today's show. At the end of today's show, I'm going to summarize the key points mentioned, give action steps, as well as a system to help you succeed. However, I'm going to demand that I hear back from you, the tribe, on your progress the following week. I want this progress posted in one of two places, guys. Number one, my email which is james at ancestralhealthradio.com, or number two, the official Ancestral Health Radio Facebook page. I'm not going to say you're going to win something, but you may win something by doing this. So look into this, take some serious action at the end of this episode, and really let me know how... um, how you like this episode with Jonathan, because if you like this, maybe I'll have him on a couple more times to kind of flesh out a couple more things that we have uh, planned for both of our, ourselves and hopefully for you, the tribe uh, that is involved. So again, listen very closely towards the end or at the end of today's show. Again, I'm going to summarize key points, give action steps, and give a system to help you succeed on this. However, I demand that I hear back from you one of two places. Again, that's james at ancestralhealthradio.com or be the Ancestral Health Radio Facebook page. Yeah, that's something that I'm I'm continually thinking about and and learning more about as as I go. You know, I've been learning over the last six months or so, I've been learning a lot more primitive skills. I, I've been learning how to create friction fire. I've been learning, you know, uh, skinning and, 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 and tanning and, and this process I've been learning, you know, how to butcher and field dress and a lot of amazing things. And it's just kind of put my face in like, this is the, this is real, you know, this is like the real, this isn't like, Oh, I want to be paleo. And like, no, I'm face go, to face with what I'm eating. I'm face to yeah. face with what what I'm doing. You're walking the path. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as I'm doing this stuff, I'm like, do I really want to sleep <laughs> on the ground all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like, is that really the the end goal? And um, for me, it, it's it's not. Like, I want to have some kind of balance between being in this world because the truth is even if I'm full in that world, like my family and a lot of my friends aren't going to be, and I want to, I want to still be connected to those people. You know, like I don't want to be that guy that's like, Oh yeah, Jonathan, he's just out there in the woods and we haven't heard from him in the last five years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So my long-term vision right now, the way I see it is I would like to get most of my food through hunting, gathering, and gardening. I would like to be financially free to where my decisions aren't based on, you know, short-term needs to make money. And I want to, I want to have, you know, as much energy sovereignty as well as possible. Um, And I'm not, I'm not, totally sure what that looks like right now. I think it's, it keeps unfolding and, you know, things happen serendipitously to me that I couldn't expect. Um, Mm -hmm. like last year I got connected with my friend who has a small farm, um, out near the coast here in Oregon. And I originally thought, Oh, this is going to be a great way for me to learn how to grow food. And it turns out it's been the number one way for me to connect with wild plants and learning about uh ecology because guess what this little farm is out 
in the middle of the wild and uh you know there's deer coming by all the time there's you know there's salmon running down the river there's you know salmonberry growing all over the place all these things are happening out there that i don't get to connect with in the city and i never would have thought or expected that a huge part of my rewilding connection is going to come through a sort of homesteading mm -hmm. type of uh setup so you know maybe that will maybe that will continue but ultimately you know i just want to be as connected to my wildness as possible while still you know being able to be relatable to and like being able to spend time with my family and not, you know, <laughs> that's a great going off the deep end. That's, <laughs> that's an awesome point. Yeah. It's definitely staying relatable. Definitely. I don't want to be that guy who is, you know, in the corner wearing buckskin. So, um, <laughs> in the corner wearing buckskin and you're like, you know how many omega sixes in that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What drinking, are you doing? Drinking your bulletproof coffee. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause okay. So, I, I'm I'm very similar. I'm very very similar. So I I have that same kind of vision. And for uh, and just real quick to outline what I see for the podcast as far as business related, so the audience kind of knows where I'm taking everything because I want to be as transparent as possible. Is that I'm I'm thinking of creating a, a, a nutrition course or a program for you guys based on ancestral health and ancestral uh, practices and or rewilding. So uh, that's going to be in the works as well as that. Um, what you know. Jonathan and I have been really, you know, kind of talking about is this connection that he and I have. And that's something that I really want to work towards uh, more than anything is kind of create this rewilding meetup where eventually mm. we can get this meetup 20 miles outside of every city or town, similar to a friend of, um, uh, a friend of Jonathan's. Uh, who unfortunately passed away doing what he loved, living the life that he wanted to live. His name is Scott Dimsmore of Live Your Legend. And he had this similar kind of idea, although it was revolving around entrepreneurship and connecting uh, like-minded entrepreneurs. I want to do the same except for rewilders because I understand that's one of the biggest, right. biggest disconnects for us is not being able to support one another in person, face-to-face. Right. Community. -face, and community building is one of, again, one of the biggest things we need to celebrate and really need to reconnect because um, I, I feel like that's going to be the hardest piece for us to fit back together. is isn't ourselves, but trying to fit ourselves back in with other people. So um, I really want to make that a mission of mine is to create rewilding meetups where I start the first one here in the Bay. Um, I will test a couple things out to make sure that the format is going correctly. And then eventually I hope that that spreads and I create a, a, a registration sheet or form where somebody else can take that upon themselves and create their own rewilding meetup within their town or city. Um, and then you may have seen on Facebook that on in uh, early 2018, I'm going to try and release a ancestral, I will be releasing an ancestral health summit. So... Um, stay tuned for that. That's going to be pretty exciting. And I would, that's going to be badass. Yeah, yeah. I would love everybody's feedback on that as well, too. If they have anybody who they'd like to see on any panels specifically, um, I'll probably be posting, um, some of the ideas I have for that later in the Facebook group. So stay tuned for that as well, too. And then, um, that's kind of it right now. That's, those are the three big projects I have for myself and the podcast, which is, uh, the rewilding meetups the Ancestral Health Summit in 2018, and a nutritional course based around ancestral health and rewilding practices. So um, that's what I have planned for the podcast as well. As far as I see for rewilding and ancestral health, it's I'm on the same page as Jonathan, more sovereignty in these these areas. And I can kind of see myself, my, my partner and I have this idea that we're going to find some land, hopefully somewhere in Central California here in the Bay where we can... Um, build a tiny house. We want to build a little tiny house. We have some plans uh, that we've been looking at for the past few years, and we want to maybe uh, build some sovereignty off of owning this small oh, yeah. property and then saving enough money to buy more land and then eventually build an off-grid um, container cabin, we're thinking. But again, that idea is always uh, evolving because that's far in the future. We got we to gotta talk after this podcast because I have a buddy, um, Ethan. Shout out to Ethan Waldman. He... Uh, built his own tiny house and he helps people uh with their tiny house process so i'm gonna have to connect you with him oh, he's dude, awesome su yeah super knowledgeable uh, 
just super passionate about tiny houses and yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, stuff. And if I'm into this idea of tiny houses too, give me a shout out guys. If you're interested in learning more about that, maybe we can get Ethan on and he can That'd talk cool about episode. some of the challenges or some of the things that you might want to prepare for while uh, looking into making your own tiny house happen, because that's something I, I, I mean, I, you know, I want to make a smaller impact, a smaller footprint. And at the same time, I want the opportunity to, to um, have a larger, larger space for myself. And, and that's one of the ways I see myself transitioning my lifestyle. Right. So going from this, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to go from my apartment to living in the woods, um, Rambo style. Um, what I want to do instead is I want to find that transition. If any of you guys have seen the movie Captain Fantastic, that was kind of the overarching theme in the movie is that this gentleman had gone too far in the direction of rewilding. And I'm not going to say too far. He just didn't have a tribe to thrive, right? He had his, just his family. Right. And, um, towards the end, I don't want to spoil it for you, but he finds a balance. And I think the balance here is really what we're trying to aim for, for both uncaged human and for ancestral health radio is that we're trying to find these, um, these ancestral health ways, um, that we can incorporate into our everyday lives that make the right. most sense while again, we're still being relatable and still being, um, I don't know how to explain it. You know, we, we want to learn yeah. as much as we can about Possi- this. Power. Not just relatable, but like possible, yes. you know, like a possible next step for me, not like, okay, here I am in the city next step Rambo style. Like <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's probably like next step dead. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what would happen because knowing um, myself, I don't have that good of uh, mushroom identification knowledge. <laughs> so, you, gotta, you gotta work on that first, bro. Yeah. You know, I love I love the tiny house idea too because it's like the less house you have, the more money you have for land. And Dude, you know, like and and just things. so everybody understands, it's like thirty two thousand dollars fully equipped for this tiny house, and it is a pretty sweet looking tiny house. Like, it is not a little cabin looking thing. It's still kind of modern ish looking, and it has oh, yeah. all the the anemones that you would need. And specifically for me, it has a full size kitchen, so that's what I'm excited about. But, um, yeah, it just seems like, again, uh, it's $32,000. We can take a loan out, pay that off in a year, two years with the money that we'd be saving for this over $2,000 a month rent here in the Bay for a one bedroom. It's crazy. And we can build more sovereignty that way. And that's what we want to do. And for my girlfriend, she's a teacher and we want to get her certified to become a forest kindergarten, uh, teacher so that she can start building her her practice outside and she specifically works with special needs children so i thought oh my gosh what better person and better environment than nature and you know my girlfriend who could be doing this and we can just tie this all in together so um that's kind of the 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 plan that i have for both ancestral health and my lifestyle yeah and jonathan any anything you want to close with man i mean we we killed it today so Anything you want to leave, any parting wisdom you want to leave with the audience to really kind of um, solidify what we've been talking about today? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, if there's anything else that you guys want to hear um, us do another episode on, I, I'd be totally curious to hear your comments and questions and, and ideas uh, for further conversations, further episodes in the future. And the same goes for me. If there's anything that, you know, you want to learn more from me about, um, you have any questions related to, you know, primal movement, your movement practice, anything like that, feel free to reach out to me and connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Jonathan me. That's usually the best way. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, it seems like the theme of this episode has been kind of like, meet rewilding where you are. (laughs) And I think, you know, to, to consolidate that even further, figure out what is your number one priority right now? Because even if you're trying to meet rewilding where you are, there could be 50 different things, 50 different avenues, a hundred different avenues that you go down and that can be incredibly overwhelming and, and it can be a recipe for just not making progress. So, figure out what is the biggest priority for you with your practice? You know, is it really leveling up your health? Is it leveling up, you know, your, your nutrition? Is it sleep? Is it, 
um, movement, you know, what is, what is the big thing for you that you want to make progress on? It could be archery or primitive skills or any number of different things. I think the more that we can get focused in that way, um, we can create some more ease for ourselves and take that minimalist approach. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of minimalism applied to, to goals and, and priorities. Um, and then see, you know, when you have that priority, yes, like I think setting the goal is, is great, but figure out like what kind of system can I implement? What kind of process can I implement, uh, that can help me reach that goal easier. So if it's, if you know, your number one thing is movement, um, maybe it's that morning ritual of just moving all your joints through its full range of motion. That's a, that's a process that you can use to help you reach your goals. Um, and I've just found that to be super helpful for me in my practice, looking at what systems that I need to make things easier for me. Um, because there's so many different moving parts with this whole thing and it's so holistic. We need systems if we're going to be able to have some sanity, I think. Oh my gosh. I'm, I, I'm constantly tweaking systems all yeah, the time. Same. I mean, think about it this way, guys. It takes a lot of work to be able to work a full-time job, um, have a relationship, have a social life, and run a business on the side. So it's one of those things where I'm forced to have multiple systems, and that's something that I'm really excited. Hopefully, I'm going to have Daniel Vitalis on. Um, Danny V, he's going to try and be on, and that's something that I, I asked to uh, see if we couldn't talk about systems and how he's mm. doing things. Yeah, I would love to hear that. And um, that's kind of what we're going to focus on, I believe, in that podcast episode. But yeah, I mean, a great way to start, just like Jonathan said, in something that I always encourage people to do are to have morning and evening bookends. So things that are just absolutely non-negotiable that you have within your day that you make sure that you can you can always uh, check in with. So some of the things that I do, and I'm sure that Jonathan might share a little bit of his just before we leave, um, is uh, I, so I immediately wake up and I'll start doing my Wim Hof breathing. And I've been trying to work on my flexibility and movement has been a big practice for me right now. And I have... Uh, a company called GMB or gold metal bodies. I have their um, elements program that I'm working through right now. So every morning I'm doing animal type movements, but what I'll first do is I have a sequence. So I wake up, my alarm goes off, boom, I immediately get up out of bed and I make my bed. That way I do not get back in it. I open my windows, my blinds, and then I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, and then I start my elements program, you know what I mean? Or I, st I start my breathing program and then I start my elements program. So after that, it's onto the cold shower, and then I start working on a couple things related to business. So it's it again, without getting too deep into it and in, in all the minutia that goes into it and why I do it, I do these in certain ways so that it, it stacks upon themselves to make my day easier. But I make sure that they're non-negotiable because typically within the beginning of the day, and the end of the day, they're they're entirely yours you get to say what you do with your time whereas the middle is typically just chaos right like you don't know exactly what's happening because yeah. usually we've, we've got a job so uh, it's important for systems and routines and um th that's how i do things i have a morning and evening bookend i don't know how jonathan does how, how do, do you have anything like that yep yeah i have morning ritual and and an evening ritual my evening ritual is a little less intensive but I still have one. Um, <clears throat> morning, I have a full glass of water um, with lemon and some bentonite clay in it. I make my herbs and I take those. Usually it's some type of adaptogenic blend, um, usually some mushrooms in there, usually some ashwagandha, some astragalus. And then I take my dog out and that triggers me to... Uh, earth kept barefoot connecting to the ground um, i do it no matter how cold it is outside helps wake me up i try to face east and look toward the sun and then i do my joint rotation so that's when i do that and i try to approach that as i'm a big fan of embedding habits into one thing so i try to make that a moving meditation mm. so i'm breathing deeply consciously and i'm just moving my body and then you know, after that, I usually sit down and 
decide what my priorities are for the day and start getting to work. Um, but that's, that's my morning evening. I like to do a little, usually a little meditation, some stretching, um, magnesium oil topically Mm -hmm. before I go to bed. Um, I light a candle, usually read a little bit, you know, that's, that's that sort of thing. That kind of that, mm-hmm. yeah. That that one is in flux a little bit. I'm changing that one usually a little bit more, but um, that's that's essentially it. And those those two things really do ground me, and they keep me focused on what matters and help help it so I don't have to you know use discipline and willpower to make sure that I'm getting things done. Right. And they help build momentum, right? Like you do like you do that one simple thing of getting up and taking your dog for a walk, that right there signals uh your intention for the entire day, right? Like if, if right. we decide to just stay in bed and then hit the snooze button, well then uh we're basically saying that we're going to we're going to hang out and and chill for the entire day essentially. So Right. I think I think we want to send the right kind of signals to your body. And there's plenty of science to now back this up too. this isn't some woo woo thing. And especially with um, I heard you mention something with the uh, facing what was it east? Was it facing yep. east and yep. uh, sun gazing ex- essentially, right? Basically resetting your, your internal circadian much, clock. Is that what it is? Sun gazing in Portland because it's always like it's cloudy nine months out of the year. But right. uh, <laughs> But it's it's cloud gazing, the <laughs> right. sun somewhere off in the distance behind the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you know, the, again, the, some other practices that that we do to um, to just help us rewild again within our own environment. So I'm sure we can talk more about that on another episode. I mean, we've gone, we've, uh, I mean, it's two fifty six here. And I think we we started at one, <laughs> so uh, we're we're doing a good job here. I think this is huge. At least I think this is a a really action packed, uh, full episode, full of uh, tidbits. At least as far as our thinking and where we're at and where where we see ourselves. I think this is um really really good. I I agree. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I just yeah I hope people. I hope people see that, you know, we're just we're just like them. We might be a few steps ahead. I think that was the main intention of of doing this episode. So hopefully that came across. And you know, I I just encourage people, you know, like be where you are and let, you know let that be enough. Thanks guys for listening. This is James and Jonathan from UncagedHuman.com. We are signing out. And until next time, take a walk on the wild side. So, what'd you guys think? I hope you liked it. I felt like this was a really exciting episode, not only for myself, but also for Jonathan, because it really kind of fleshed out exactly what we, kind of where we wanted to go with our business and with you guys in the future and how we plan on, plan on making this a bigger movement. So, Thank you for listening. I know it was kind of long, and I know that it was actually kind of short for this episode. However, I have something special for you, like I mentioned in the beginning of this episode. I want to kind of break down some of the highlights that Jonathan and I were talking about, and then go into maybe a couple call to actions and how you can actually follow follow through on a couple of those, okay? And really... I just want you to follow through on one of these suggestions, okay? So I'm going to get right to it, guys. Um, Number one, something that really kind of uh, shifted Jonathan's perspective as as, as far as his diet was, you are what you do all day, right? So not once in a while, not every now and then, but you are what you do every single day. And that is exactly... Uh, the same regardless of whether it's your movement or your nutrition or your lifestyle practices. So if you're, and, and the problem is, it's kind of like a trifecta, kind of like the Triforce in Zelda. If you don't have one piece, the other two are affected. So you kind of have to have this this full holistic approach. And again, guys, take it slow, take it slow. But you are what you do all day. That is one of the things that I would, I definitely wanted to highlight. And um, another thing that Jonathan mentioned was over-specialization, right? So 
We want to choose the things that we go deep into, but we also want to make sure that they have a broad range of applications, that they're quote-unquote functional, right guys? So that includes everything from, again, our lifestyle, nutrition, and movement. And um, we really want to focus in on this idea of rehabbing ourselves from domestication. So from the effects of domestication, a lot of these evolutionary mismatch diseases that I like bringing up on the show quite often because it really illustrates the point of how maladapted we are to our current environment. So again, rehab from domestication and the the over-specialization of recreational sports, I guess you could say. Uh, that was something that he felt was important for people to understand that even if you were doing gymnastics, if you were doing golfing, it doesn't really matter. That is still a specialized sport, and you can build yourself up with some maladaptations doing it that way too. And that's why I kind of focus on mobility. I think mobility is the foundation, and you should always be learning and trying to master the foundational skills. And what did Jonathan call mobility, guys? Or what, I know what I called mobility. Uh, mobility to me is strength plus flexibility. And Jonathan's definition of practical mobility was actively trying to control your body through its full range of motion in each one of your joints. Huge, right? And if you want to check that out again, guys, that is ancestralhealthradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash uncage for Jonathan's first episode of how to uncage a human. Um, again, and you can go back and check out his morning routine. That's also very important. I want you guys to maybe incorporate that every single day. It's really quick. It's very simple. And it's just a good way to engage and check in with yourself every morning. Um, and then something that we wanted to highlight as well, too, is the power of morning rituals, morning routines. Wow. If I couldn't, one of the biggest game changers for me, guys, is actually incorporating morning and evening bookends. Okay. So these, the idea behind having bookends is that you can control the beginning part of your day and the end part of your day. But at one, when it comes to the middle, Typically, most of us have a job that we need to fill, and during that period, it's all kind of chaos. It's up in the air. We kind of we got to run back and forth, do our thing, but it's not really up to us, right? We don't have much control over that, unless, of course, you're doing something that is uh, something that you're passionate about and something that you you possibly are doing and creating on your own. Something like I'm doing with this podcast, and that's something that Jonathan and I were talking about also. But I'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to focus right now on the power of having morning rituals, morning and evening rituals. And if you're wondering what you should start with first, I always like mentioning your day begins the night before. So I always say start with a, a, a an evening ritual that is going to really kind of set you up for the next day and really allow yourself to wind down and kind of enjoy your night and connect with the people around you. That's really what I reserve my evenings for is kind of rest, reflection, and connection. Those are the things I really try and focus in on. And some of the things I like doing during that time is journal, read, meditate. I like to prepare myself the day before as far as my showers and all that. Um, I have a, a wonderful magnesium body butter recipe. If you guys are interested in that, also let me know. Uh, you can reach me at james at ancestralhealthradio.com. But again, um, it, it's really important that we master our mornings and our evenings. But I think if you're going to start anywhere, start with the evenings because I really believe that if you set yourself up, it's going to be a lot easier for you to follow through on the things in the morning if things are already kind of prepared and your environment is already set up for a win, right? And in the morning, um, some of the things that I like to do immediately, as I'm sure you heard in this episode, is I like to, when I wake up, uh, number one, my phone, it, I still wake up to an alarm. Uh, I mean, I still wake up you know, maybe even a couple minutes before my alarm goes off every day. My internal clock just instinctively does that now. But I, I still have an alarm just in case. Maybe I, I was working hard on the podcast the night before and I just wanted to be certain, right? So I still have a I still have an alarm that I wake up to. But eventually I would like to uh, transition out of the alarm and just kind of wake up naturally. But again, 
I have my alarm all the way across the room so that when it goes off, I have to get up and out of bed. So I get up out of bed and I have an app on my phone, right? And what it does is I can, it, it says, good morning, James. And I, and I forget the app name. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. But I, I basically, it pops up and then I have another app that basically blocks other apps. And then what I can do if, from that point is I can block off my morning routine. So I just hit a button. And then it blocks all the apps that are distracting to me in the very beginning of the morning. And this all happens immediately, right? So I wake up a couple minutes before I'm, you know, smiling and being grateful for being here on the earth. And then I go pick up my phone once it goes off with my alarm. And then, you know, a series of, of uh, apps pop up that allow me to block all the distractions on my phone. And then what I do immediately is make my bed and open the blinds and windows. Okay. Because I forget where I saw it. It might have been a TED Talk, guys, but um, there was um, perhaps a, a commander or a Navy officer, I forget who it was, but he was talking about the power of generating small wins in the morning, and one of the best and easiest ways for you to do this is by making your bed in the morning, right? What a, a simple, easy win, and even if you don't even, if you mess up the entire rest of the day, right? This is what he was saying. If you mess up the entire rest of the day and everything goes bad, you don't even follow through on your evening routine. At least when you lay your head on that pillow, you know you're coming home to a made nice, you know, nicely made bed. So it, it just, it's really nice to um, always have that available to you. And, you know, for me, it's really simple. I sleep on the floor on top of a wool carpet that I have here in my living room. And I just, I mean, for me, it's just folding blankets. And then I throw my pillows and on top of my blankets in the corner and I'm good to go. Right. So really simple. Um, but again, you know, starting off small and making sure that you build these habits and routines incrementally, making sure that you don't try to do this all at once. That's a a huge one that I'm still trying to work on is when I get excited about something, I get obsessive, right? So I will dive deep into all of these things. And I will just, like Jonathan said, how he got obsessed about trying to cure his body, heal himself before he could go forward. I mean, that's just the wrong idea. It's just incremental steps. It's this idea. I love, I love Japanese sayings. And there's this saying that it's called Shoshin. S-H-O-S-H-I-M, and it's this idea of beginner's mind, and that's the kind of approach that I like to, I like to take on a lot of these things, and having this perception or this, um, this idea that all these skills that I'm learning, it's a, it's a multi-generational approach, right? I'm going to continue to say it, but it's this idea that I'm not going to learn it all in this lifetime. I'm just going to learn enough so that I can pass on this knowledge to to my kin, to my children, and hopefully they can take that a step further. But I, I know that basically for me, it's it's this idea of transition, and hopefully, um, hopefully you guys are on the same page with that. But uh, again, to make sure that we fit in all these things, the importance here that I'm trying to stress is making sure that you bookend your day. Really, really important, guys. Um, I also have a lot of other routines that I throw in there. Um, I'm a very system oriented individual. And this was all learned, right? It's not like it just happened. I intentionally cultivated these type of skills and habits so that they could stack upon one another so they, that I could just really rock my day. And so and so having morning and evening routines are, are very important. And again, if you're going to start on one, I suggest you start on your evening routine and basically, you know, like prep your lunch for the day before, get your coffee ready, get all these things ready so you don't have to think about them in the morning. You just boom, get up, automatically do them. You're good to go. Okay, so that's all I'm going to cover for morning and evening routines right now. If that's something that interests you, let me know and maybe we'll cover that further in the future with somebody who can really delve deep with that. But moving on. Um, oh, well, you know what? The next one was I already I already mentioned it. It's having a multi-generational approach to learning skills. And again, you know, it's that idea of not waiting for a perfect time, guys, because waiting for the perfect time is simply a myth. There's no such thing. There never will be. There's never a perfect time ever. Um, and the only reason why you think that and why you're doing this is because you're creating excuses for yourself. We all do it, right? And it's it's to shield us from things like embarrassment, failure, criticism, all those kind of things. It, we're just doing it 
because it's a great distraction and it justifies our procrastination on doing the thing that really is going to propel us forward if we're really being honest with us, right? So there is, just just to let you know, again, there is no perfect time. That's a myth. You just need to get going, do this thing, and fail. I don't, I don't know how many of you guys have listened to the first episode of this podcast, but it took me four years, guys, four years to get this podcast up and going. I'd been thinking and mulling it over and going through it. Should I launch? Should I not launch? What should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, what marketing strategy? I mean, it was ridiculous. It was just like I had to learn everything before I could even get started, which is the total wrong way to go about it. What you need to do is you need to just go in there like a bull in a china shop, mess stuff up, and then fix things later. That's just how it works. You go in, you mess up, you fail, you learn from that failure, be sure that's the key point right there is that when you fail, because you will, all of us do, you need to learn from your failure. Take note of that. And then that way, when it comes up again and that challenge is right there in your face, you know exactly how to handle it. Slay that dragon, right? So guys, uh, it's really important that you understand, again, there is no perfect time to do any of this. The best thing you can do is just pick one or two of these items and dive deep. Just go for it. And then... I demand that you get back to me. I want you to leave me a message at james at ancestralhealthradio.com or, of course, leave me a message on the Ancestral Health Radio Facebook page. Very, very important that we hold each other accountable. We are a team here. We are a tribe, and we're trying to support each other. I don't want any of these factions, you know, breaking off in different groups. I want us to unite and for us to hold each other accountable and really push through this. Um, so, again, um, having a multi-generational approach and figuring out what trajectory you're on, right? Um, that, that was something that Jonathan said, is he, he always wants to know what trajectory he's on. So it's, it's really focusing on the process. You know, there isn't, there's never going to be an end to this. We just kind of continue going and continue developing our skills. There's just, you know, of course, there are going to be people who are further along on their journey than you are. Try not to compare yourself. You know, just focus in on the present moment, on what you're doing, and move forward. Um, also, one of the key points is one, you know, and this kind of came up when I was talking about the morning and evening routines. Um, really, one of the most powerful things you can do is to change your environment, right? So, Jonathan was talking about a few strategies that he uses in his apartment to really make sure that he's getting a lot more movement in throughout his day, even though he works inside at home behind a computer, which is hilarious, right? It's just one of those ironies that we deal with today. But um, some of the things he was talking about, right, um, was having, for example, a pull-up bar that divides, you know, in the hallway between either your room um, and the bathroom. I like having mine on the, in the bathroom right there. And then um, anytime you go into that room, you give yourself a number, a one, two, three, five, ten, however many you think you're comfortable with doing, and do that every time you go into that space. Um, another few things that he said was having a special place to get, get up off the ground, right? So one of the things he likes doing is setting down a yoga mat. And yoga mats are real cheap, guys, really. I mean, you don't even need a yoga mat. You can just use a pillow. Just put it down on the floor. Make sure, you, and you don't even need a pillow. If you're hardcore, go for it. But remember, transition. Don't hurt yourself. Ease into these things and do it one at a time. Again, pick one or two of these things and really just focus in on that. And I'm going to tell you guys how you can do that a little bit later on this episode. But um, really important that uh, you guys focus in on changing your environment. So uh, again, putting getting a pull-up bar and putting that in a space where you know that you'll be frequenting, uh, making sure that in the space that you do frequent the most that you have a place that you can basically get down on the floor and up off of the floor. And he also said uh, maybe sometime in the morning, maybe one of the other first things you do, like Jonathan does, is he gets up and he goes for a walk and then does his joint rotations. Uh, does his mo morning mobility routine, which again, you can check out on the first episode of this series uh, in How to Uncage a Human back at AncestralHealthRadio.com. Also, this all kind of leads into the bigger question, why are you doing this? Like, what do you care about? So something that Jonathan really, you know, other than kind of going through what we planned for ourselves and our businesses and where we want to take you and lead you, 
Um, and we hope that you join us because it's 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 just so amazing to be on this journey. I really feel like it's it's giving me direction and and uh, uh, meaning and a true purpose uh, here is to really teach others how to live an ancestral life way or or you know at least make a transition into living an ancestral life way or rewilding their current lifestyle. So really important that we stick together on this, guys. But where, what do you care about? You know, what, where do you fit in in this sphere, in this space of rewilding and ancestral health? Where do you personally fit in at? And Jonathan was saying things like, you know, um, you know, where's the, uh, where do, what are you naturally good at? Like, where are your skills and talents? And where's a gap in the world where you can fill a deep pain or desire? And, and you can build a community around that. You can build a community around the gifts that you offer the world, guys. And really, that's that's kind of the new way of doing business these days and really creating a large impact of people who who believe in what you have to say. You know, it's a beautiful time that we live in, and it's important that that you at least have the opportunity or knowledge to know that that it's possible for you, yes, you listening, that you can start something that makes a huge difference, that allows you to live your dream and make money doing it in a guilt-free way by actually making an impact in people's lives. And that's what I hope I'm doing for you with this podcast. And I hope to really create this educational hub of ancestral health and transition skills for you guys so that you can make this transition easier, so that you can introduce this and have the the communication skills and the knowledge to share this with other people around you and the people that you really care about. But I, I, I want to give you in some action steps. You know, I want to tell you kind of some routines or systems that you can implement to make some of these things easier for you, right? Um, one of them is to make a promise to yourself right now. Make a vow. And and more important, a way you can anchor that uh, that vow is to find your why. Like, why do you want to do this? Again, that's going to be a, a recurring theme here is why do you want to re like, what's your purpose for listening to Ancestral Health Radio? Why are you trying to improve your health using this lens of evolution and, and this lens of being a 21st century hunter, gatherer, gardener, right? Um, how does that align with you? And when you find your why, it's important that that you look at that and you read it every single day to yourself, every single day, guys. Um, and make sure that your why is intrinsic. It's not extrinsically motivated, meaning it's it's not for personal gain, it's for personal betterment, okay? There's a huge difference there. And, you know, again, when I, when I talk about multi-generational approach and learning skills, also, there are different phases of learning that you will go through when learning these things. And a lot of people, it's, it kind of surprises me that a lot of people actually don't know what is called the four stages of competence. And it really helps you break down and analyze these skills when you're, when you're trying to learn them. For example, friction fire and all these kind of things. But it's, it's a real simple concept. But again, it's called the four stages of competence. And number one, the first stage is unconscious incompetence, right? So the individual does not understand or know how to do something and does not necessarily recognize the deficit. Meaning um, you only... You have only used, for example, Bic lighters your entire life. You've never seen anyone use a bow drill or a hand drill. And you've never, you had no idea maybe that that was even possible that somebody could create a fire with only sticks, right? So really, really important that, uh, you know, if you don't know something and you've never seen it, well, then you can never work on it, right? So that that's where phase two comes in, which is conscious incompetence, right? So this is, though the individual does not understand or know how to do something, he or she does recognize the deficit as well as the value of a new skill in addressing the deficit. So making of mistakes can be integral to the learning process at this stage. It's not only integral, guys. It's absolutely necessary that we we make mistakes. <laughs> it, it, you're not ever going to... Uh, you're never going to move forward if you don't make mistakes. And again, after you you learn this phase and you're making mistakes and you're continuously doing this, you know, say you learn the hand drill, but for some reason, or you know about the hand drill, but you don't quite know how to 
do it proficiently, right? Well, then you move on to the next stage, which is conscious competence, where the individual understands or knows how to do something. So, however, demonstrating the skill or knowledge requires concentration. It may be broken down into steps, and there is a heavy conscious involvement in executing the new skill. So it takes a lot of work for you to do this. So instead of, uh, you know, busting out an awesome little fire on the first little, uh, you know, five minutes of working your, your hand drill, you might get a blister, it might slow down, you, you're not using enough pressure, right? And it may not work the way you want it to the first few times, but eventually you get it. That's conscious competence. And then there's the final stage, the fourth and final stage, right? The unconscious competence where we just get into the flow and we do it and it is no biggie. So on Wikipedia, this fourth fourth stage is defined as the individual has so much practice with the skill that it has become second nature and can be performed easily. As a result, the skill can be performed while executing another task. The individual may be able to teach it to others depending on how and when it was learned. So that's, I mean, really, that's where we all want to be, right? We all want to get to, and, and they mentioned something very important too towards the end of that, which was the individual may be able to teach it to others. And I think being able to teach something to another individual allows you to break it down and understand nuances of what it is that you're actually doing. So again, really important that we understand these four four phases, and I'll go through that again real quick for you, which is unconscious incompetence, where you do not understand or even know that this skill exists. Two, conscious incompetence, where you know it exists, but you don't know how to do it. Three, conscious competence, you know of it, you know how to do it, but you're working on it. You just don't know how to do it proficiently. And then four, conscious or excuse me unconscious competence where which is of course where it's second nature where we can do this thing in our sleep and we can multitask even while we're doing it so driving for example a lot of times you're you're driving your car and you go to work and you've taken the same route to work every day you one day you you know you don't even realize it you look down you look up you're already at work that's that just just becomes second nature you've just created that routine that habit in getting to work so time just seems to speed up for you right so that's the four stages of competence i thought that was just important that you guys understood that but also there are other very important things to understand when creating habits and something that I like to teach people is the golden rule of habit change or the habit loop. And there's really three phases to the habit loop, guys. It's not super difficult um, to understand. However, to implement, it can be a little, a little difficult. And I'm continuously working on this. Um, but really, it's... Uh, if you've heard of this book called The Power of Habit, it's by an author, Charles Duhigg, and he explains a simple three-step process that basically all habits follow, right? So this is this cycle is known as the habit loop, and it looks something like, uh, number one, the trigger, which is the event that starts the habit, number two, the routine or the behavior that you perform the habit itself, and three, the reward, right? The benefit that is associated with the behavior. Really, really important to understand those three as well. So basically what ends up happening for me, so just, I'll just use my morning routine as an example. The trigger is my alarm going off. My routine is getting up, getting to my phone, clicking on that app that blocks all my apps, making my bed, which is another trigger to go <laughs> open my blinds and open my windows. Um, so it just, it just, stacks on top of each other. But again, I, I stress that you focus on one, but the trigger is really, really important. Um, learning how to use triggers, and there are a few different ways that you can do that, right? So some ways you can, you can use triggers is a, a time trigger, which is probably the most easiest way to use one. And that's exactly what I use. I wake up at five every morning, my alarm goes off at five, I probably wake up at 455 every single day. That's a trigger. Another way is a location. Say every time you walk into, oh, well, um, we already use this. So location trigger, that would be having your pull-up bar in a certain location. So every time you walked by that location, you knew that, hey, you were, you know, you're being summoned to do this, do this action, whatever it is that you set for yourself, whatever that habit it is. I mean, it could even be an emotional state, guys. So 
For example, if you feel angry or upset, know that you can do some deep breathing exercises. So if you pay attention, you're aware to that, you can really start building some some great habits that can can really save your sanity. But again, these are just some of the ways you can build triggers into your life. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but you can you can definitely check out the book, The Power of Habit, that goes far more into detail with this. But I do teach this to, to my clients as well, too. And I will be opening that up pretty soon. Um, I will be taking on a few select clients. If you guys are interested in that or talking to me about that, um, I can put you on the waiting list, but just email me at james at Ancestral Health Radio and let me know that you're interested in that, okay? All right, and when we're talking about habits and making goals and making them stick, you know, there's there's a difference between systems, or not even systems, but goals and systems. So you need both, right? So you have a goal, which is a vision, and you know that you want to get there, but how do you get there? You get there with systems, what we've been talking about, creating these habits, right? So um, you need goals, but don't focus on the goals. Remember, focus on the process. Focus on the system that will help you achieve that goal. Typically, what I like to do is have one big, hairy, audacious goal, break that goal down into several chunks, and then break that down even further, like say um, quarterly goals and then monthly goals, and then I break that down even further, guys. It's crazy. And um, they go all the way down into daily goals, which are super bite-sized, one action that I can take every day that moves my compass forward. But I suggest you guys do that too. And that you, st- when you start this, you start so small that you that it's impossible to fail. You start so small that you're like, why? This seems silly that I'm even starting this small. So there's a gentleman named B.J. Fogg, and he has uh, something called Tiny Habits. And he suggests, for example, if you want to learn how to floss your teeth, you're going to use a tiny habit, which is using the uh, the trigger, routine, and reward. Um, basically the habit loop that I mentioned earlier, but you're going to only do a tiny habit. So if you want to floss your teeth, you're going to floss one tooth. (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous, but again, you're just building that neural connection on every time that you get that trigger, you immediately go do that routine. So if the routine's too hard and too difficult, you're not going to want to follow through. Unless you're not even going to get the reward, you're actually going to feel depressed and angry and upset. and You're going to want to quit. So you want to do something so small that it's impossible to fail. I just want to stress that as well, too. But also, when you're doing this, um, you want to schedule it. You want to make it visible. You want to put it on a calendar, someplace you can see, a physical calendar. I don't have much. I don't do very well with digital calendars, unfortunately, like like a Google Calendar and things like that. I try. You know, I'm working on it, but I'm, I'm not too good. I need to I need to visually see it in front of me. But when you do that, it's important that you check in with that, your why and your goal, your daily system, your daily thing that you need to get done every single day. Always make sure that you obsess over that. Also, what are your obstacles going to be? What what do you know are going to try and stop you from making this happen? List those. Put those down on a piece of paper. List every single obstacle. And I know you guys know what these are right? It's watching television. It's for me going on a drive in the woods. I mean, you name it. it it's just distraction, right? You want to focus in on this. So list your obstacles. And then when you list your obstacles, I want two things for each obstacle that you can do instead of procrastinating on whatever it is that, that you choose to do, regardless of whether that's creating an evening or morning routine, um, getting a pull-up bar, uh, squatting more, walking more, whatever it is. Again, I just want you to make sure that you have obstacles and then you have solutions, two solutions for each one obstacle. Okay. Very, very, very important. And make them short and specific. I want them short and specific. They don't have to be long, drawn out. Just make them real simple, guys. Again, uh, keep it simple, stupid, right? Or, you know, kiss. <laughs> so, so remember that. And also practice deeply. Um, There's a gentleman named Cal Newport, and he is known for the book called Deep Work. I think it's really important that we focus in on these things because it's going to allow us to go deeper into our ancestral health practice or our rewilding practice, guys. So, So we need to practice deeply, and he recommends that we 
remove all this tra- the, the distractions. I mean, I've heard of people, you know, getting rid of their smartphones phones and just sticking to dummy phones, for example, which was brought up by a friend of mine on Facebook. And you know what? I think that might be a good solution. However, you know, if you run an online business, it's real hard for you to break away from that because it's so much more convenient for you to stay connected with my tribe and, and to stay up to date and keep you guys, um, keep you guys informed. But um, yeah, practice deeply. Extremely important. Do it every day. But you know what? This is this is important too. Um, to build a habit, it doesn't take 21 days. Okay, it actually takes 66, 66 days, guys, to actually form a habit that feels automatic. Okay, that's the science. And um, I want you to understand too that if you have a hiccup and you miss a day or you and you're off a day or whatever. That's not going to deter you from creating those good habits, okay? But remember, those bad habits, they're always there. You've created connections to those that will last a lifetime. However, you can prune those connections so that you create or shift your focus on new neural connections, on healthier habits that are going to forward you and your career or your path towards rewilding. So really important that, that we, we understand that messing up every now and then, that's a part of life, and that's going to happen. Don't beat yourself up over it. Brush yourself up, (laughs) get up off the ground, and get back to work. Also, what I like to do, something that I like to do is uh, chunk or batch like items. You know, um, when I'm out, I like to go to several places so that I don't have to go out again. Or if I'm buying one thing, I might buy it in bulk because I know that I don't want to have to do it again. So it's just, again, it's just another systems approach to things. Just keep thinking of how you can tweak and create systems that make things automatic for you. So you don't have to think about them. Um, And plan how to get back on track when you do fall off the horse, guys. Don't let it be an end-all, be-all kind of thing. I know that uh, for me, I struggle with that all-or-nothing mentality, and I don't want to see you going down that same path. What I want to hear is, ah, I messed up, but you know what? I'm trying again tomorrow. If you have a bad day, it's not a big deal. Maybe take a, a day or two off, but but get back on the horse and and really really hunker down and and start developing yourself. Um, I want us to to really come together as a, as a tribe and and really hold each other accountable and make sure that that we're we're creating these healthy habits that that are sustainable and that we can teach to others. You know, again, conscious competence. And we, we have internalized it in a way that that's just second nature. So that's what I got for you guys. Okay. So I want you to take something out of this episode, anything, just one thing, two things, just start small. Okay. Create a vow. All right. I want you to find your why and make it intrinsic. Okay. So you want to make sure that it's, it's, it's motivated from within, from trying to better yourself. Um, remember the different phases of learning, like I had mentioned earlier, the four phases of competence, unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and unconscious competence. That's where we want to be. Excuse me, unconscious competence, guys. Also, remember bookending your day. That way that you know that you can get a few things in. Just make it non-negotiable. Put it on a calendar. Look at it every day. Say your why so that you don't you don't back out of it and and maybe even get somebody to hold, you know, actually have me hold you accountable. Let's do this. Again, reach me at James at Ancestral Health Radio if this if this is really resonating with you guys. And I'd like to do more of these kind of teaching episodes. I want to do more solo episodes. It's just, you know what? I get super self-conscious. Like, who am I? You know, James, who are you to be teaching somebody? But again, this is I'm 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 in one of the four stages of competence here. I'm in conscious competence where I understand how to do something, but it's a little difficult. It can it, it can be difficult and I'm still making mistakes, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there, right? So um, guys, uh, what's your feedback on this? Let me know. James at ancestralhealthradio.com. I know I've said it enough, but get back to me. Let me know what you thought of this episode, what you think of what I have planned for you guys in the future. Um, let me know, please. I, I, I want to tailor this to you guys. I'm only, this is, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I am creating this for myself, but I'm creating this for you, you know, really. I mean, I want you guys to get the most benefit out of this. 
So please let me know what you're struggling with right now. Anything, uh, let me know what your whys are for actually listening to Ancestral Health Radio and why you want to rewild your life. Just, just you know, fill me in. I'm a friend here. I, w- I want to know what's going on with you in your life and see if I can't help you. And again, I will be taking on a few clients in the very near future. Also, if you want to connect with me and you want to work one-on-one with me, James the Hairless A. Broderick, please get a hold of me through my email. And guys, again, uh, I'm just stressing that uh, you guys rock. I could never do this without you. I just get super nervous, and I know I missed last week, and I apologize. But you know what? Uh, again, that was that was a personal thing where I just I got inside my own head, and again, I was saying, "Who are you? Who are you? You got to fill this gap with." with some time, all I needed to do was really just let out a couple of things I tell people at work anyway. So if this was a good episode for you, and you got a lot of value out of this, share it with somebody you think might actually get the same, okay? Somebody you think might actually need this knowledge to move forward in developing these skills, right? So again, this is James the Hairless Ape Broderick. I'm signing out from Ancestral Health Radio, guys. Um, As always, just remember to take a walk on the wild side. You guys rock. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Ancestral Health Radio. If you like the podcast, then do me a quick favor and head over to iTunes to leave an honest rating and review of the show. This helps improve the show's ranking and visibility with other would-be hunter-gatherer gardeners just like yourself. But if you can't do that, I'll totally understand. We're still cool. But maybe you could share this episode on your favorite social media network, or at the very least, continue the conversation with myself and the tribe on the official Ancestral Health Radio Facebook page. But whatever you do, remember to check out all the resources mentioned earlier in this episode by reading the show notes at AncestralHealthRadio.com. Yeah.